you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? I know what you were wondering. I know what you were thinking. Well, he still sound like he's going through puberty. That's what y'all were thinking today. I saw the look in your faces. Praise God, my voice is coming back. Woo! Y'all pray for my wife. She was excited when I lost my voice. So she's trying to get used to me getting my voice back. But praise God. He said, it's not 100%. She said, went to the daughter this week. She said, about three weeks, it should be 100%. So I will do with what I got, but I just want to preach the gospel and preach the good news. Amen. Y'all look good today. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. See, that was just creepy. I, I don't know what to say. Some of you got to learn boundaries. And turning to a stranger and saying, you look good. That's just kind of creepy. Hey, you always got to do what I say. Hey, hey, clean out your wallet right now. Put all your money in the offering plate. Come on. Somebody give me the amen back there. Praise God. Well, I hope everybody's doing good with the fast. Being, I hope you're not just fasting. I hope you're praying. It's not about what you're not eating. It's about who you're going to. And the time you're spending in prayer, and I hope you're praying and seeking God for yourself for 2023, but also that you're praying and interceding for this house. Amen. Good God, we need another building. Amen. So can y'all just put building at the forefront? We need a new building. Amen. But just be in prayer and fasting. I'm hoping out of this time of prayer and fasting, you will find a more deep, profound relationship with Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Last week, we spent time just a little different than we've done in the past. I talked about you having a call on your life. If God's calling, you come down to the altars. And many of you in all three services rushed the altars. It was a great day, a great time in the presence of God. Today, I, I want to talk to you about, if I guess I could give this sermon series, Where Are You?, a subtitle. My subtitle would be, the, be this, what are you seeking? In your time of prayer and fasting, what are you seeking? Where you are in your life today, what are you seeking? If you could have anything today, what would it be? A new Porsche? A mansion? Just to spend time with Pastor John? I understand. Or would you say that the top on your list is I have a greater, more profound relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Is that what you say? So today in this sermon, I'm going to lay out three questions for you. Uh, we in a few moments will go into the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 2. But before we get there, I want to tell you a story. Billy Graham one day was taking a tour 
of the house of John Wesley. If you don't know who John Wesley was, uh, he was a preacher in England in the 18th century. In fact, at this time, England was in one of the darkest times of its life. Sin was running rampant. People had turned away from God, violence, drunkenness. In fact, many times what they would do for fun is gather in the, in the center square, have picnics while watching criminals be executed. This is how dark England had become. John Wesley, prompted by a preacher by the name of George Whitfield, began to go out into open-air venues like the city streets, fields, all over the country. And John Wesley began to do something that had not been done by preachers in a long time, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want salvation, in fact, even at this time, a lot of the preachers were not where they were supposed to be with God. Surprisingly to all those, a revival broke out that swept the nation of England that would become known as the Great Awakening. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people would come to Christ and be saved. John Wesley had passed on. We now have a man by the name of Billy Graham. He comes to take a tour of his house. They go into the bedroom of John Wesley. When they get there, the person that is leading the tour points out right by the bed in the wood floor is two indentions. He said those two indentions is where John Wesley would pray so much that it wore a hole and an indention in the floor of his house. They exit the bedroom, they go around, taking a tour of the rest of the home. They notice at this moment that Billy Graham is no longer with him. They can't find him. They go back looking for Billy Graham and they find Billy Graham in that bedroom with his knees in the two indentions exactly where John Wesley was saying, God, I pray you do it again. God, do it again. And you would know the story of Billy Graham. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people would come to know Christ because of Billy Graham's ministry. I share that with you today because I want you to know where you are. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, let me read this passage. It says, Lord... I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them. Remember what Billy Graham said? Do it again, God. Do it again. Repeat them in your day. In our time. Make them known. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. God, I pray today that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And not one, not one will leave this house today the same way that they came. But they will be touched 
by the presence of God. They will hear the word of the Lord. And God, they will leave this house and go out into the mission field surrounding their lives and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Habakkuk here in chapter 3 is kind of going through the same thing that was happening in England. Depravity. The nation was in decay. Sin was running rampant. And he says three things that I want to share with you today and three questions that I want to ask you today. The, the first thing he says is this, Lord, I have heard of your fame. Lord, I have heard heard of your fame. Here's the first question I've got for you today. What have you heard? What have you heard about God? Now, maybe some of you sitting here today, what you've heard about God came from your parents who taught you uh, religion, who taught you you better do what God says or else. Who taught you judgmentalism? You, what you've heard about God is the mean God that sits in heaven pulling the wings off of flies. Or maybe what you've heard is, is you had parents that said, oh, well, it don't matter if you go to church. God's going to love you no matter what, and you just kind of do what you want, be free, don't worry about it. God really don't care about what you do in your life as long as you say he's God. See, I don't know what you've heard about God, but what I do know is just like Billy Graham was seeking God to do it again in America at that moment, what is taking place with Habakkuk, he is seeking God. Why? Because he's heard something about God. Let me tell you what I've heard about God. He's amazing. He's miraculous. He's wonderful. He's loving, he's gracious, he's kind, he cares. He knows about your every move, amen. He knows about your every thought, oh my gracious. Some of you right then probably didn't want to hear that. But let me tell you about the God that I serve. He's a healing God. He's a God that can take away all the pain of your yesterday, forgive you of your past mistakes. That's the God that we serve. So if you haven't heard of that God, I want to tell you about him today. That he'll come right where you are in the middle of your life, forgive you of your sins, wash away your past. There's a God that can heal your body of sickness. There's a God who can deliver you, deliver you from whatever addiction you're facing. That's the God we serve. So I just wanted to tell you about him. Amen. I could spend all day telling you about him. Man, I'm getting a little bit excited. I didn't get to preach last week. He says, about two hours, I'll be done. But what were they doing when they, they said, we heard about God. If you go and look at the word in the Hebrew that means here, heard, it means this, shama, shama. And it means to hear intelligently, attentively, to call together, consent, consider, give ear. In other words, what Billy Graham was doing, what Habakkuk was doing, they weren't just listening, they were seeking God. They were seeking God. Now, we, we've come to a realization through the word of God, there's three kind of seekers. 
There's three kind of secrets that I, that I want to work with you and talk with you about today and figure out which kind of secret you are. First, there's the crisis seeker. I think that's self-explanatory. Anybody know the crisis seeker? I know them. Everything in their life falls apart. The world turns upside down. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And guess what? They'll come walking through the back doors of the church and they need God. Now let me stop before I go any further. God is a God of the crisis. That in the middle of your crisis, when your world has fallen apart, he's right there. In the middle of your troubles and your tragedies, he'll never leave you. The Bible says, lo, I am with thee always, even to the very ends of the age that nothing but nothing shall separate us from the love of God. But can I also say this to you? Although he is a God in the middle of your crisis, you don't need to be a crisis seeker. See, a crisis seeker only seeks God in the middle of the crisis. When things come back. Listen, you, some of you do it. I'm not going to call you by name. But we are going to put you up on the screen. I hadn't seen you in a while. It's been a couple of months. I don't know where you are, but about that time, I'll see you come through the back door of the door, or back door of the church, and I know what's going on. A crisis has hit. You lost your job. Your girlfriend walked away because you lost your job. <laughs> your car's broke down. You ain't got no money. You broke. You just went to the doctor, and he gave you bad news. I don't know what it is, but you walk through the back of the door, and I know, oh, Lord, here he comes. A crisis has happened, and he's seeking God. You know what I normally say at that? Praise God. But see, here's the problem with a crisis seeker. When everything gets good, when the crisis goes away, you won't continue to seek God. I'll never forget one day where at the back, it's on a Wednesday night, we had a guy that was in the church. He comes to the back. He said, will you pray for me? I've just found out that my cancer has come back. In fact, he pulled down his shirt. You could see the nozzle sticking out of his neck. At that moment, we stopped what we were doing. We laid hands on this young man. We began to pray for him. He went to the oncologist the next day. The oncologist said to him, said, I don't know what to say. The cancer is gone. It is no longer there. I don't know what to tell you. I'm telling you, I'd have been in church every Sunday after that. In fact, I wouldn't have just been in church. I've been like skipping into church like. <laughs> Hold on. I got, I'm, I'm 52. I got to take a break now. But about three to four months later, guess what? He's gone. No longer in church. And I'm thinking to myself, have you lost your mind? I just thought, Lord, strike him with lightning, and not one that'll kill him. I pray that someday. Lord, I don't want lightning that'll kill him. When I, just like on a Sunday morning when you're sitting there, you're being judgmental, and you're criticizing my sermon or what I'm wearing, or you're mad at somebody, you're sitting in middle service. I just want the Lord to send like a, you know, a little bit of lightning. And you're sitting there and those bad thoughts come through your mind. And when they do, God's like, you're like. <laughs> and I'm going to giggle a little bit. I'm going to be like, oh, you won't do that again, will you? <laughs> I 
don't want to be a crisis seeker. See, a crisis seeker only seeks God in a crisis. But a godly seeker will seek God continually, constantly, because he cares about God. There's what we call the, the benefit seeker. We know what that is. It's self-explanatory. What do I get from God? Those are the prosperity people. Well, as long as God's giving me money, as long as God's giving me what I need, as long as we, we have a, me and Laura, we pastored in Oklahoma City. We had, had a lady there, and, and it was about the benefit. She wanted a husband. She wanted a husband. I didn't have the heart to tell her that nobody wanted her, but I didn't tell her that. Somebody went out there, oh, my God. He said it. We had gotten to the place that when a single man came in the church, we hid him from her. There's no, go, 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 run. About every six months she come to me, that's it. I'm quitting. I don't believe in God anymore. I give up. And I said, why? God still had not give me a husband. I wonder why. Remember, God loves us all. And God loves that man enough not to put him with you. Did I say that out loud? See, there are some times I think I'm thinking it, but it actually come out. See, the benefit seeker, as long as I'm getting blessings, let me stop real quick. God is a God of blessings. And God is a God of abundance. God is a God that gives us joy and peace in the middle of our lives. That is the God that we serve. Let me stop for a second. He is a beneficial God. I want you to hear me when I say that. You see, that's the only time that a beneficial or benefit seeker seeks God. But, in fact, we look in the, the book of Acts and we find the story of a man by the name of Simeon or something. He, he, he saw the Holy Spirit move on some men one day and he, he went to Philip and he said, I will buy what they've got. See, he didn't want the presence of the Holy Spirit. He wanted the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this. When you get in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power will come from the Holy Spirit. But if you get in the presence of the Holy Spirit only because you want the power of the Holy Spirit, you've missed out. But Hebrews eleven six says this, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The third kind of seeker is an earnest seeker. I seek God not in the middle of a crisis, but all the time. I seek God not to get benefit from him, but just because I want to be blessed in his presence. When we earnestly seek God, we will find God. It says in Habakkuk chapter 2, I stand in awe of your deeds. Here's a second question I have. Where do you stand? First, what have you heard about God? But the second question is, where do you stand? It matters. See, for that that. Crisis seeker, he will only stand for God when God is fixing the crisis. The benefit seeker will only stand for God when God is benefiting his life. 
But the earnest seeker will seek God no matter what. I want to be in your presence. Let me say this. If from this moment on, if God never does another blessing in my life, he's done enough blessings to make up for the rest of my life. Because God the Father sent his son Jesus Christ to die upon a cross for me. That through his death I would have eternal life. Through the shedding of his blood I would have forgiveness of sins. Can I tell you that's the only blessing I need. That's the only blessing that I'll ever need in my life. So the question is, what are you standing for in your life? He says, God, I stand in awe. I want you to learn to stand in awe, God. That word awe there means fear. Some of you need to fear God. You got all quiet on that one. Don't make me call down the lightning bolt. Some of you got to learn to fear God. Fear God what? That I'm not going to live in that sin because I know it separates from you from God. I'm not going to live that life because I know it doesn't please God. I fear that he won't be pleased with me. But that word also, there are, means to be in reverence. We were at the mall at Dallas this week, Parkland Mall, I think is what it's called. North Park, North Park. See, it's sad, you know that. See, I know the books of the Bible, and I know about Jesus, and I know, but you know about where parks are or where malls are at. So, and all of a sudden, as we're in the middle of the mall, my wife all of a sudden's like, <laughs> and I'm like, "What is wrong with her? She got struck by lightning." And she's getting all excited. And I'm like, "What in the world?" And she says, "My influencer is here." You're what? She says, my influence is here. Do y'all know what an influencer is? Okay. The women do, the men don't. So we spent the next couple of hours looking for her influencer. We did. All of a sudden, we're standing there. She's like, oh, oh, my, oh, oh, oh. I'm not lying. That is so true. You're going to hell for lying. And she's like, oh, oh my God. And all of a sudden, here comes the influencer. And Laura just walks up to her. I love you so much. Now, she didn't want anything. She didn't want anything from the influencer. She just wanted to be in her presence. That was it. I can't help myself. I walked up and said, she's been stalking you the whole day. <laughs> Laura didn't want anything from her. She just wanted to be in her presence. A earnest seeker doesn't want anything from God. They just want to be in his presence. Don't get me wrong. We serve a God that will be there always in the middle of our crisis. And we serve a God that we will benefit from being a part of his kingdom. 
But see, if we're going to be a seeker, it's the beginning stage. We, last week I mentioned some. There's, there's five parts for us as believers. There's first the seeker stage and the infant stage and the teenager stage and the adult stage and what we call the parenting stage. That it begins at the seeker stage that we've got to be true seekers of God. I'll close with this. In the back of three, two, he says, repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. Repeat them in our day and make them known. He said, God, I've heard about your goodness stories that gotten to Habakkuk. He had heard the truth of God. He says, I stand in awe of you. See, a true seeker, a true earnest seeker will stand in awe of God just to stand with God. That's what a true seeker does. And he said, God, from, from what I've heard about you, I stand in awe of what you've done. God, around me right now, all I can see is the problems and the sins of a nation. But God, I cry out to you as I've heard about who you are, as I stand in awe of your presence, and I say, God, do it again. Like you brought us out of Egypt and out of bondage, God, I say, do it again. As Billy Graham knelt with his knees in the imprints of John Wesley, saying, God, do it again. Here's the third question I have for you. Do you believe he can repeat it? Do you believe that he can do it again? Oh, yes, he can. Yes, he can. He can bring joy back into your life. He can bring happiness back in your life. He can break that addiction off of your life. Hear me when I say this to you today. We serve a great and a mighty God who loves you more than you could ever imagine, more than you could ever even conceive. But he wants you to be a seeker, an earnest seeker that says, God, no matter what, I'll follow you. If it's to the top of the mountains where everything is glorious, God, I'll be right there with you. If it's in the middle of the valley where it seems everything is falling apart, God, I'll be right there with you. If I'm being blessed beyond comprehension and have need or have all of my needs being met, God, I'm right there with you. But if I'm struggling and I have barely enough, if I've learned, God, at that moment in the middle of lack, I'll still be right there with you. If you'll seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. If you seek him with everything that is inside of you, he'll be right there waiting. 
In fact, can I tell you something? A while back, I was in the house. I didn't see Laurie. And I was like, Laurie! Laurie! And I turned around. She's like, no, go. You're going to be shocked that at the moment you call his name, God, I'm sorry I left you. I'm sorry that I sinned against you. I'm sorry that I allow th these things into my life. I'm sorry, God, that I put you second instead of putting you first. God, I'm sorry. I just want to stand in awe of the God that I've heard so much about. And as soon as you call upon his name, he will be right there waiting for you. I want you to stand with me. What kind of seeker are you? I hope you'll stop being the crisis seeker and the benefit seeker. You'll become the earnest seeker. I hope that you've heard about God today. And all that I've shared, I hope today you stand in awe of his presence. And I hope you'll speak these words out loud. God, do it again in my life. Do it again. God, you freed me once, you can free me again. You blessed me once, you can bless me again. I speak that over your life today. Do you hear that? I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I want to be an eager seeker of God. I've heard about what he can do. I stand in awe of what he can do. And I want him to repeat it in my life today. If that is you, you want to be an earnest seeker of God, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. God, I pray for every hand that is raised. And I pray today, Lord, that they would become earnest seekers of God. Not about what they get out of it, but who they get out of it. Not about the blessings that come in their life, but the blessings of being in the presence of God. And as they seek you, Lord, we know from your word they will find you. A deep relationship, I pray, is what they'll find. With every head bowed, close, every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If you were to die today, do you know with all certainty that you're on your way to heaven? Because if you don't, then today's the day of salvation. That all you've got to do to be saved is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day, lives forevermore. And with your mouth confess him, Lord, if you're laughing, you shall be saved. If that is you today and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, no one's looking, just you, me, and the Lord, I want you to raise your hand right now. Amen. 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 Come on, this is the moment. Don't let it pass you by. I've already had three raise their hand. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. I had five raise their hand. Give God praise. Hallelujah. 
I want you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. As five new names have been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Thank you.